Going live in five, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast you go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. But we're not going to be critics. We're not going to be throwing numbers at the end of this conversation. We're just going to ask a simple question. So did you like it? I am Sir Square and joined as always with my co-host. I'm a shit-sucking vampire, Michael. Or Kaz. Shit, he's a goddamn creature of the night now. <laughs> and this week we checked out The Lost Boys, directed by Joel Schumacher, story by Janice Fisher and James Jeremias, with the two Corys, Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. This is a this is a vampire story. This is an 80s cult classic vampire story. There's definitely a couple things in there that let you know that it's a Joel Schumacher movie. <laughs> oh, really? There are? <laughs> is that so? Are you telling me that this felt like a Joel Schumacher movie? A little bit. There's yeah. hints. What what gave it away? The uh, the bo- billboard that said murder capital of the world behind it? Or that we started off with a Doors cover for People Are Strange? No, it was the big, sexy poster of a dude on the brother's uh, closet for some reason. I mean, they the even the vampire's hotel room has like the big, sexy Jim Morrison poster. And the uh, and the somewhat sexual tension between Keith Sutherland and Michael, David. There you go. <laughs> well, look, I will say this about Joel Schumacher that he gets over Baz Luhrmann. When Joel Schumacher has two teenagers just fall madly in love and have sexual tension like crazy, at least it's at a concert with a sexy sax man playing music, not in a freaking bathroom with like a just fish tank in between the two of them fair there's a little bit of foreplay at least (laughs) there's a little bit of foreplay all right because at least the sax man's like wearing chains and he's all oiled up and just playing this sexy solo and the rest of us are all into it so it's just like this is the moment for love i'm not just looking through a fish tank speaking of baz lerman though before we go back to the movie (laughs) i heard something really funny today and it just stuck with me all day I heard someone describe Baz Luhrmann as Zack Snyder, but with a lot more cocaine. And I was like, nah, huh. Oh, dude, <laughs> it is it is wild how accurate that statement is. One of these one of these days, like for the podcast, we will watch Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Like, that'll be one of my picks just to show you. <laughs> because the way he presents this movie is just buck wild. Like, my Baz Luhrmann is... Make it is, a month. He is an insane man. He is Just an insane. Just make it a month. Throw Moulin Rouge in there and whatever other bullshit he did. No, because then we're going to have to watch Australia, man. And, like, I don't want to watch another three-hour movie. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Unless it's a superhero, I see. No, I don't want to watch another three-hour movie. <laughs> like, even yeah, if it's okay. not a superhero movie. Like, dude, at this point, every time we do a movie on Wednesday and I see that it's like an hour and 30 minutes, I almost cry, you know? I'm just like, oh, it feels so good. This movie's so fun, I'm going to say I didn't really pay attention to how long it... It does feel like it goes on longer than it probably should, but it's fun. It's fun, I think, the whole way through. Yeah, there uh, are definitely well, certain sequences okay. that are are unnecessary in this movie. Let me let me break it down for anyone who might be listening. Um, 
what I do every time I watch this movie, which is why I'm going to have to fill in to the ending when we get to the ending. But the I, 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 first time I watched this movie was a drinking game with a couple people, and oh, no. we had one rule, which was drink every time someone wait, says the name wait, Michael. Wait, we have to say, we have to say, like, do not play this game. Like, this was a bad idea. Like, you, we cannot be held responsible for people who try to play this game. Drink responsibly. Take your own actions. Uh, <laughs> t- t- take responsibility in your own hands. But I've survived twice. I'm going to send you, like, that text of, like, uh, fucking, like, what's his name getting out of bed going, like, I lived, bitch. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie now. <laughs> but yes so we did this as a drinking game this is the first time any of us had seen it and like all you have to do the only rule is drink whenever someone says michael and you're like ah, how bad could that be um you'll get fucking shit housed by the end but before we're even reaching the end of this movie because not only an hour into the movie not only does Creether Sutherland's character refuse to use pronouns ever it's never he you sh- you know anything like that don't even say hey every other sentence he has to use his full name when talking to him what's wrong michael how do you like your maggots michael they're only noodles michael (laughs) these are lines that live in my head just rent free every day of my life because of this movie at that one point they just start chatting going michael 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 i don't know how many fucking drinks i downed just them chanting so dude the like honestly the one time I played this drinking game with you for the first time I ever saw this movie, I was not even drinking anything strong. I was drinking something that was like only 21% alcohol because you had forewarned me about it. Like you were at least nice enough to tell me like, don't play like the way I would play, play with something lighter. And <laughs> don't I was like, be me. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, I'll do it. And it, by the time you're like probably an hour into the film, not maybe maybe even before that maybe even before that uh when michael starts figuring out like what's going on to him and sam his brother also is figuring out what's going on with his older brother this that's the one of the moments where sam calls his brother mikey he just says mikey and i almost cried I almost said thank you to anybody that was listening because the amount of drinks I had had at this point was just so ungodly. I was worried about my own personal safety as a person. I was like, this isn't okay. Because even, like, look, I understand liking someone's name. I understand calling out to your friends. I never. I, I don't know if I ever want to hear the name Michael again. <laughs> All right. So, like, I know it's a meme on this podcast at this point that I like am offending everyone with every name eventually one at a time. Yeah. But before this podcast, for years now, I've been saying I've never known a Michael who wasn't an asshole. And this movie does not help. <laughs> it does not. It's, it actually, doesn't. He, Michael himself in this movie, rad guy, seems pretty cool. Never met a Michael who wasn't an asshole. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh my Prove gosh. me wrong. Send, send, send all of the non-offensive, wholesome Michaels you can to 
Uh, so did you like it at gmail.com? <laughs> so did you like it one at gmail.com? All your wholesome Michaels, give it to us. There you go. We'll put it on a little like corkboard poster that says do it for him. It'll be, <laughs> It'll be beautiful. We'll, we'll make sure to like do that thing where you kiss your two fingers and press it to the photos you like just to like get the power before we record an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Michael Myers is on that corkboard. <laughs> I don't know him. I don't know if he's an asshole or not. I assume he is. But... <laughs> Which Mike Myers um, am I talking about? I have no clue. Exactly. Look, said, here's a hint. It's well, both. <laughs> they're both so wholesome. <laughs> I could, now I'm just picturing like the fucking like Michael Myers just like you know wears his little jumpsuit and his mask, just reading a book, kicking his feet up while he's laying down. It's just so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> just... <laughs> so, anyways, all that's just to say. Since then, that's the only way I see this movie. I've seen it three times now, and I've woken up feeling like shit every time. <laughs> it's great. It's a fun movie, and that's how you get through it, even if it feels like it drags a little bit at some parts, but it's fun. Um, go nuts, or don't. Be be responsible. How do you feel about the change they made to, like, I don't know if like this is casual vampire lore. Like, I've never heard this before, but one of the things that happens in this movie is, so they need to... When when Michael drinks the sacred blood of a vampire, you know, because you know, that's how we do things here in uh, Santa Clara, um, he's like in a half-vampire state. He doesn't become a full vampire until he takes his first feed and kills somebody. So they need to kill the alpha vampire or the head vampire to like end this curse and Michael can go back to normal. They all think it's Max at the beginning, which is this, like, video store owner that's trying to seduce their mom and is honestly just, like, seems like a kind of wholesome guy that just has a really, really vicious dog. Uh, Once Michael invites him into his home without knowing who he is, just, well, knowing that, like, he's there to be on a date with his mom but doesn't know that that's the head vampire, it is when it's later revealed that, lo and behold, Max is the head vampire... He says, you never should have invited me into your home. It renders you completely powerless. And that's why he now has a reflection in the mirror. Like, I guess all things don't work against him until, you know, Grandpa just drives a car into him with a bunch of giant wooden stake logs. Because one, that's from outside. Two, Grandpa didn't invite anyone into his damn home. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, is that is that normal? Like, what did you think about that? Because I thought that was um, kind of a weird rule. I was just like, you guys were playing with the vampire rules fast and loose. Like, I like it, but yeah. also weird. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the classic, you know, they can't come in unless you invite them in thing. Oh, that's just... I feel like... I feel like it's kind of a just stranger danger thing. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, ladies, don't invite some strange man into your house, kind of thing. They might be a bloodsucker. Blood. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure vampires supposed to be like you know sexual panic or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, they're supposed to represent all of our sexual inner desires they, that we never act upon. And then I guess somewhere along the lines they became bisexual panic. But anyways, um, as far as like, oh, I don't know. Oh, dude, they were always... always bisexual panic. It was about that's all true. sexual feelings. That's true. I've never read Camilla, but that's true. Um, you didn't think men wanted Dracula either? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh <laughs> But uh, especially uh, when he yeah. was played by Gary Oldman, I kind of always in my brain, I never really put too much stock into it. I kind of thought like 
the head vampire gets to break the rules a little bit, you know, like, oh yeah, he can he can eat garlic and he can show his reflection all that stuff. That's what I figured. Um, oh yeah, the head gar- the head vampire gets special perks. Yeah, you know, like I don't know. I just feel like that's just a thing that I've seen elsewhere. So I thought, like, yeah, okay. But then, yeah, I, I guess that's what it's supposed to be. Just that, like, well, if you invite him in, you can't do shit. But does that mean like he could have gone into their house? He just needed the invitation for to make them powerless. Is that why the other lost boys get fucked up by? Holy water. Yeah, also, one question. When they get to... After they kill the first vampire, uh, Alex Winter's vampire character, and, like, that's when, like, the final battle's gonna take place that night, Mm. no one invited them in, and they just kind of burst in without a problem. That's what I'm saying. That's why they were weak to it. It's like, at any point, uh... What'd you say his name was? Alex? Or Sam? Something like that. Sam is the younger brother. Yeah. Oh no, never mind. Uh, the 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 guy, the the store owner, Max, the head vampire, Max. There you go. I was just way off. Uh, yeah, I think like he could have gone at any point, but I guess he wanted the invitation to make them powerless, and then they also can go in at any point. But because they weren't invited, they they uh, don't have resistance. You know These rules make no you know, sense. All right, here's the thing. I'm trying to rationalize a movie that doesn't care about being rational. Like, yeah. Like, once again, this is Joel like, wait. <laughs> Why is that every time I like have a, I sit down and have a conversation with you about a movie that like we actually genuinely both enjoyed watching together? Over here, I'm now poking th- all the holes in while I'm just like, what have you done to me? What are you making me see right now, Cass? All right, so it turns out that if you play Boston backwards, it makes the vampires just leave. Because it sounds like shit. <laughs> this is a new vampire rule. Shut up. What happens when you play Rush backwards for a vampire? They they also leave, but like in fast motion. <laughs> I got like... Oh. Also, like... That why dude... did Grandpa drive through his own house? <laughs> he gets he the knew. final kill, killing Max. But he like, knew. Then why did he... Like he, like he knew when he got there, or like he knew when he left. He knew as soon as they moved in that like they were gonna they were gonna have to take on the tradition of hunting vampires. But like he had no way of knowing who was behind the window when he crashed through. He didn't even know that he would get Max. Hey, look, this guy's like Gandalf. All right, he doesn't care if you don't know what the fuck's going on. If you're involved, you're involved, and he's gonna throw you into it. He's going to let you prove yourself as a hero. (laughs) Grandpa the Grey, taxiderming animals and stooping the neighbors. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, Grandpa the stud over here. This man can use Windex as an aftershave and still get laid. Oh, what? Yeah. Grandpa Grandpa goes hard. (laughs) Grandpa's got game. Grandpa does have game. Also, I like how Grandpa lives his life. He's got a special little, like, shelf in his fridge. Like, this is the old fart shelf. It's got my root beers and double-stuffed Oreos. Don't fucking touch. And he's just a fucking weirdo, man. He just loves to do his taxidermy. Out of problem. He builds a face of... he, And it's already kind of, like, hinted that he knows what's going on. Because when you look at his fence, his fence is legitimately just 
giant steaks. And his yeah. truck is lined with giant steaks. The back of his truck is just three big giant steaks jutting outwards in case he needs to ram you in reverse. Or just crash into his house. Or crash into his house. You know how he's doing? You know? Like, he's... he And... The amount of times this man has probably rebuilt his house because he's had to crash into it to kill a vampire inside of it is probably, uh, it's probably only twice, but it's weird that it happened that many number of times. He doesn't even own a TV. He just likes to read the TV guide to know what's on. Yeah, because you don't need a TV at that point. You can just imagine the bullshit they put on. He grows weed in the back of his house or kitchen. Hey man, living that California lifestyle. (laughs) What else can we say about grandpa? What else can we say about Grandpa? He he refurbished a really, really nice car and will not take it anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) He likes to sit, turn it on, imagine driving to town. Remember, he just hates people, turns off the car, goes back inside. This is my goal as a human to get to, where I can just be like, yeah, I just imagined going into town, and that's all I had to do. Because at this point... Groups of people just send me into a wild anxiety attack where I'm just like, I can't be here. I'm going home, guys. <laughs> Sorry, they got wildly honest. I just, I just sit at home with my taxidermied animals and just eat some, uh, e- e- eat some like stuffed Oreos. And, and, hey, man, and, and a cold root beer, beer, double stuffed Oreos, and a TV guide sounds like the perfect Thursday night. And a TV guide? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, looks like they're showing Matlock at six. <laughs> no, dude, it just turns out he's not only growing weed in his backyard, but like psilocybin mushrooms. He just like pops a few, reads the TV guide, and goes on the trip of a lifetime. <laughs> like, he is Knight Rider by the end of that trip. Won't be Knight Rider. <laughs> hey, man, if you close your eyes and believe hard enough, you can at least be wait, Kit from Knight Rider. Okay, I was, I was going to ask right now. I was like, wait. Which one's the car? <laughs> I want to be the car. I knew you'd want to be the fucking car. <laughs> I I want to talk about the Frog Brothers. Because why... why I, it's strange about these two brothers. Because... When you talk to them and they're introduced, they're already they already know what's going on. They already know vampires are running wild in Santa Clara. And you can tell they have this knowledge by the way they're passing on vampire comics to Sam's character to uh to like warn him of what is going on. And by the way they talk, they're very like they're very proud of themselves. But then they kill the, the little vampire, vampire first. And like there's little vampire. Well, it's the little one compared to the rest. And they even say, like, let's kill the little one first. Okay. I don't know why. Don't ask me why they said that, but like that's that's the line, okay? I can pull up the movie for you. I mean, they're also like they 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 really try to act tough like all the time. But then he's like he actually has vampire knowledge, just like they have they're either exploders, screamers, (laughs) or like what or imploders. Because everything they know they learn from horror comics. But it's also like, have they maybe killed other vampires before? Have there been other... Because remember, they said vampires run rampant. Not just like, like, what if there are other clans of vampires within Santa Clara? It doesn't have to just be Max. What if it turns out they've been taking down cells of vampires since they were at the tender age of six? We don't know. Because apparently they're like, they're the Frog Brothers. They know what's up. 
that might be possible because they had like you know it's easy to talk game and be like oh kill you have to kill your brother or oh, we're gonna go kill him for you or you know oh you have to do what needs to be done but like when it comes to stabbing that first vampire i mean one they were gonna stab other vampires but you know there was like hey get away from the lady and the child They're like all right wait fine we'll go kill a different vampire man You're vampires fucking- are so temperamental <laughs> yeah like god oh, jeez. and so they didn't hesitate to stab that guy then again, I guess by the time you see them hanging upside down, you think you're probably right. But, yeah, like, these kids had a game plan and no hesitation. No, like, they did not think about... Well, okay, they they do say a line at the end of it, too. Like, when they're getting into the car, it's just like, it was... I can't remember what they said what the effect was, but they opened their eyes and started talking, and that's why they had to run, because they were like, oh, no, they're humanizing themselves. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> it kind of seemed like that was the vibe. I was just like, no, we cannot have a conversation with them. <laughs> we cannot uh, think and feel for them. It also could be like, it, I mean, once again, I might be giving the movie too much credit, uh, but it might be be the idea because, like, you know, there's every generation that's like, oh, the kids are desensitized because of video games or violent movies and blah, blah, blah. So it might have just been like a commentary about, like, how, the, you know, these comic books have made these kids so desensitized they're willing to just fucking stab people thinking they're vampires. That's, that is, <laughs> it turns out the Frog Brothers are wanted serial killers that the Big cops never idea, realized you know? what they were. How many people do you stab do you realize, ah, we find, because... Also, think about the well, hmm, this could go either way, actually. I was like, think about this. They were surprised to not find any coffins. They were expecting coffins, which means they'd never seen vampires before, or they've killed vampires who were in coffins before. <laughs> so, also, uh. also, like, they do they do actually do lack knowledge, and it's proven, because uh, they, they rush into a church, grab a bunch of canteens of holy water, and then fill a bathtub with said holy water, but then also throw in crushed garlic. And the one of the vampires you even tell them, garlic doesn't work. So they, I guess they maybe have never faced a vampire before. Maybe this was just their first outing as actual vampire hunters and just showed 100% dedication to the task. Did not care they were risking their lives. Didn't care they could maybe become creatures of the night. But were so dedicated that they were ready to take on the army of darkness. Yeah, these kids why. are wild, it, man. It was a generous. There was a generous reading I had for the garlic thing, but uh, I don't remember what it was because once again, that's near the end of the movie, so I had quite a bit of, to drink, uh, and I don't remember things very well. So <laughs> I don't remember what my defense was. So yeah, you're probably right. One but holy said, water works. Holy water does work, and which Nanook, means they like, are to some degree satanic. <laughs> they look. Nanook, the dog, Sam's dog, is one of the MVPs of this movie, because not only does he protect his owner like a good boy, he gets one of the gnarliest vampire kills by just basically drop-kicking a vampire into a bathtub of holy water. Yeah, that one vampire ruined an entire house's plumbing. (laughs) Oh, man. The amount of sludge that's going to be coming out of the faucets and drains is going to be disgusting. The sludge was in the toilet. The sludge was popping out of the sinks in the restroom. The sludge was popping out of the sinks in the kitchen. And they're the all going to... It's it's all going to smell terrible because vampires have bad breath and they smell like death, apparently. Yeah. That house smells like shit. Grandpa's getting that, gonna have that shit condemned. So if vampires try to smell as... Uh, if vampires, like... Are, if their whole vibe is smelling as horrible as possible... What happened after the event, the, like, 
the invention of Axe body spray. Did they just spray themselves with Axe body spray to smell? Which means worse? they still smell like <laughs> shit. And death. No, this is to make it worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's one of those things that the their nest or their 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 lair was probably uh probably just smelled bad because it was you know just in disrepair and probably not taken care of, and they probably just attributed that to the vampires because. I don't know. I think his mom, Michael's mom, and other people would have known if he smelled like shit. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. These vampires, I will say, had the coolest fucking lair. Max the head vampire, his lair is a freaking video store. Like that screams, "I'm a murderer already." But these like goth teenagers, abandoned hotel that sunk into a fault line. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, Max's lair is probably actually his house, but like you know, I just. <laughs> I mean, that's fun. why the dog was there, right? To protect him during the daytime. That's right. The, that's why the dog freaked out. I didn't actually realize that you said it. That's why the dog was freaking out when she showed up. Mm-hmm. Because she, he was protecting... Okay. So you gotta wonder, like, is the dog like a half-vampire? No, it's a wolf or werewolf. Dire wolf, something. Because, like... Okay, it's not a dire wolf. This is a Game of Thrones. <laughs> and also... If Nanook can, like, smell a bloodsucker and react poorly to it, how is this dog able to smell a bloodsucker and be like, this is totally fine. Everyone else sucks. It's on his side. It's his. I don't know. It's a familiar. That would be kind of cool if, like, it was a familiar. Well, then say it is. <laughs> I'll be right. You'll be happy. And there we go. <laughs> you know what? I can live with that compromise. There you go. I wonder what happens to Max's dog after he dies. I don't know what happens to a familiar when their <laughs> when their master dies. They disappear because familiars aren't really actually. Well, I mean, it depends on your interpretation. Because, like in some interpretations, animals can become familiars. So they were animals before they became familiars. In other interpretations, familiars are actual magical constructs that stay with you until you pass on, and then the familiar will vanish. That really just depends on, like, whoever's writing the story. All right, so it's dead. Shit. Can we just take a moment of silence for this dog? There's no time. Ah! On to sexy saxophone man. He is by far the best part of this movie. That man is so oiled up. That man gives the performance of a lifetime. He's only in it for, like, 15 minutes or 15 seconds. And it is the most memorable moments of the film. Like I said. When you want two teenagers to fall in love with the movie, <laughs> you don't use a fish tank that is separating their bathrooms. You, you use know? a concert with a crowd going wild already and a lead on stage giving that right sexual energy. This is a it, very, very like sexual it, episode, it seems. like The amount of it, times it, I'm saying this is wild. It is funny how much it's an it really 80s sticks film. with you. It does, dude. Because I was like, when he was coming up, we're like, hold on, hold on. So we know this is only one rule, but like, you gotta drink out of respect for this man as it was exactly. coming up. And you're like, all right, whatever. And you see it, you're like, dear Lord, this saxophone man is glistening. He's giving it all and he deserves it. The way he's just playing that saxophone. And of course he's the lead singer too. And like, I think it's a song written just really for the film itself. And like, yeah. this is just a small part, but this man is giving it is all to give us such realistic performance of what is kind of like an insane beach concert. I mean, there's like barrels of fire going on, like in the crowd. I mean, People it's at a fair. Their minds. It's at a fair. It's at a boardwalk. Oh yeah, but like, there's like which is constantly open. 
It's like a Ferris wheel, a merry-go-round, all that shit. And then, you know, like, oh, that'd be so funny if this is just that that boardwalk's, like, nightly performance. Like, this dude just works for that place. Just, yeah. No, (laughs) he doesn't even work there. He does it because he loves it for the passion, damn it. For the passion. New solos Uh. every night, like, tries out (laughs) new looks and everything. I think we we looked up because we were just so he stuck out so much. We were like, "Who is this man?" And apparently, we're not the only person wondering because like the whole internet has like a whole thread on like what you can find out about this guy. I think we found out he was one of Tina Turner's saxophone players. Oh, uh, and I yes. think I think he gave up like drugs to like pick up bodybuilding and devoted his like life to being like healthy or whatever. And I guess he replaced drugs with baby oil. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes you just got to give the right the right appeal. Either way, the guy sounds rad. And I hope to look up nothing more because uh, that's the last impression I want. <laughs> is What's he's ra- that he's rad. got to do? Got to do with it? Everything. Um. <laughs> it takes, like, really the combination to love is chain, saxophone, and baby oil. <laughs> I want, I want, I want that audio. I say quiet because I want that audio isolated and sent to me <laughs> as a gift. And I'm gonna play it at your wedding. <laughs> oh gosh, man! There's some things that are just never gonna die from this podcast that will be able to be held over me. You like vampires. Like vampires. <laughs> hey, I also uh, wanted to, like, can we talk about, like, how nonchalantly the mom just brings up, like, as she's telling her son, like, her youngest son, Sam, that it's time for bed, and he's kind of, like, acting a little bit strange. She's like, do you know why I divorced your father? <laughs> yeah, so casual. All right. Because uh, he didn't believe in the closet monster or whatever. Is that what it was? Yeah, because he didn't believe in the closet monster. That's how you. That's how you comfort your kid. I, like I, five minutes before he needs to go to bed, <laughs> you tell him one: you also believe in the, con- the closet monster, and two: you divorced his father because he didn't have the power of belief that, like you did. That line is so weird in so many ways because I don't know. If there's a, uh, there's a good way to take it right because either they divorced amicably and it's like a weird joke to make like it's so like oh like you know i don't know if they divorced amicably if she picked up and moved all the way to santa clara california with both the kids i'm giving options so (laughs) it's amicable in which case you know they probably still like their dad and it's like that's such a frivolous thing to say why you divorce him or he was a terrible fucking person and you're Giving your kid the most Nerf gun kid glove answer of like, oh, yeah, he just didn't believe. Like, mom, he was abusive. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and this you is You think my quick wit and use of humor is just normal? This is a defense mechanism. This is a coping a ch- mechanism, child. <laughs> I am a child screaming for help right now, mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I assume he brought out some wild moments in us. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the scary thing is, I knew a lady who looked and acted very much like the mom in this movie where 
She's all just smiles, trying to do her best. All smiles, pleasant thoughts, everything's good, and like the wrath and all the horrible things were swept under the rug and we don't talk about them everything's nice and we're doing fine and oh did you need some lemonade are you thirsty i'm like this lady's this lady's (laughs) a psychopath and i have to leave now (laughs) please just go to therapy please you just need someone to talk to yeah um so that's psychotic in real life so that's why i was like you know there's no good way for that that uh that divorce thing to be to be interpreted i don't think okay anyway i really also like what do you think of the idea that the main so the leader of the lost boys vampires his name is like keith kiefer sutherland's character his name is david powers all right and i don't know why that stands out to me like it's this it's it's a villain name like remember batman beyond like one of the villains his last name is powers and like you know it just screams kind of like villain energy but i can't imagine a goth teen with the name powers i don't i mean everyone everyone here i i didn't even know anyone had a last name because everyone just refers to everyone's first name oh yeah their their names are uh david powers paul harris Dwayne Stevens and Marco Thompson. But when does this ever come up? Like I hardly ever hear them ever say anyone's names. Maybe they said it once, but like, yeah, it's David. David sounds like a scary goth teen name. I'll do it. I'll take it. There's David, long hair, uh, Marco, uh, little one, Ted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, there's just a vampire in the group named Tad, and everyone doesn't like him. It's like, ah, fucking Tad. And there's Laddie. There's, oh my gosh. Laddie Thompson. Laddie Thompson. That's a name, you know? Was that's a name. Related to that other one you said's name was Thompson? Uh, Star Thompson. That's her younger oh, brother. Oh, I thought you said one of the other dudes' name was Thompson. No. Oh, yeah, Marco Thompson. Wait, is Laddie Thompson's Marco brother and Star isn't actually related to Laddie? I don't know. She just always said, like, the kid, or we need to get Laddie. Once again, everyone just uses first names and full names. We need to get Laddie. Oh, we had to save Laddie. Help Laddie and me. The, I, I don't even know any of their last names, so I didn't know any of them were related. I thought Laddie was just some kid. Like, why did they want a kid vampire? Were they just fucking with him? Or Holy crap. Yeah, she's not Laddie's brother. She's just another, like, Laddie's also still a half vampire who still hasn't killed yet, and he's just the youngest member Are of the you- game and is still refusing. Laddie is me. Marco's younger brother. Oh, okay. Then I guess that makes a little bit more sense. I thought you were about to tell me that there's three people who they gave the last name Thompson to and none of them related. No, Star's <laughs> name like, is just Star. Like, Star has no last name. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. She's like a hippie child. She doesn't have a last name. She's she just doesn't Star. need like a last Cher. name. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's just like Cher. Yeah, and it's funny. He was like, oh, you had one of those hippie parents. Uh, yeah, I was almost called something like, you know, like Moonbeam moon or something beam. like that. And it's like, I don't know, but your name's great. No, Star's awesome. <laughs> oh, just pulling on his collar. Oh, yeah, dude. Saved Worst it, swish. <laughs> So, yeah, that's an excellent icebreaker when you meet someone. Like, you meet a girl or a guy, who you know, whoever you find special. And, you know, you, you talk to them, and you're like, you from their first name alone, you're like, so is your mom a hippie or religious? <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about, like, yeah, do it the so did you like it name way. Just insult their name. Just like, oh, your name's fucking Dylan? Oh, yeah. wow. 
Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan. Oh, okay. I guess every time your friends were having sex and doing cool things, you were the watch. You were the lookout, huh? <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> what the? F- what? Where did that come from? Just saying, Dylan's such a lookout name. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan is the head bodyguard name. Not even head bodyguard. It's like, uh, hey, we're we're you know, we're gonna go smoke some, some weed. Dylan. Yeah, we're gonna smoke Did some weed. Like, just like stand outside the restroom. No, you can't have any, Dylan. Dylan, you gotta be a lookout. God. <laughs> when someone else joins the group, they take over lookout duties. You're still the youngest member, Dylan. But David, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for five years, David. <laughs> I was the leader of the group. Dylan can't lead to shit. Anyways. <laughs> so, David, you served him within three days. <laughs> uh, this is the next season of Degrassi we're talking about. I've never seen a Degrassi. <laughs> the only thing I know about it is it's Canadian and it had a Drake in it. It did have a Drake in it. That's all I know. Was he in a wheelchair for that show? <laughs> <laughs> we're going way off topic here, my guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're the one to bring up Degrassi. My bad. <laughs> I, mean, I was on topic with like... Dylan by bringing up David. <laughs> <laughs> so, are they trying to kill Michael at the beginning, or is it just like? Yes. Uh, I guess they're, I so, guess they're just they're just uh, assholes and thrill seekers, and so it's one of those things. Since they're invincible, practically, they're not worried about it. But I guess it's one of a eh, if he dies, he dies. But if not, so the original plan him. was David. When uh, David notices Michael following Star, he decides that uh, Michael is going to be Star's first kill, and that's what he wanted her to do, and like to like lead her for her to lead him in a moment to where she could feed on him. But when she refuses to do it, that's when David decides to turn him as a way to kind of like torment both of them in a sense, you know? Okay, well, where? But also, you find out that it was Max's idea. Max wanted. David oh, to turn yeah, both right. Sam and Michael so uh, yeah. their mother would have no way Man, of refusing them. They went all in. David went all in on Michael and didn't even look, to, didn't even train his eyes on Sam. I guess it was just, we'll get to him eventually. I want to focus on this motherfucker first. <laughs> this this guy, guy right here, this is the one for right now. Then again, I guess it'd be weird for like those like fucking... Yeah, a bunch, like, of, bunch, of, <laughs> bunch of goth adults just stalking this one child. <laughs> Plus, they also weird, figured so. out, they figured that if they got the older brother first, it would just be easier to get the younger brother. I mean, what if he just, like, he tried to feed on him while he was in the kitchen, while he was in the restroom, while he was taking That is true. What if he had killed his own brother and, like, Lucy's <laughs> just devastated? <laughs> like, Max's plan, like, crumbles in a second. Her it seems like Lucy. Max really didn't think it through. Her name was Lucy? Yes, her name is Lucy Emerson. <laughs> oh, sorry. The crazy lady I was talking about's name was Lucia. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Um, yeah, it could have gone so terribly. Then again, David doesn't strike me as a planner. He just strikes me as an asshole. Who, once again, I think they're all just thrill seekers. They're all just like in it just for, you know, the high of adrenaline rush, I guess. Yeah. 
And they're yeah. assholes. They uh, nope. they they take care of the local surf Nazi population. Yeah, what's up with that? Is there a okay. definition? Is there a de- yes. meaning to that word that I'm not familiar yes. with? So surf Nazis don't mean neo Nazis on the beach. Surf Nazis are <laughs> people that are so Nazis into like to hang ten, man. <laughs> surf Nazis are like like the same term as grammar Nazis. Like they're people that are so into their. Uh, like surf culture, like and like catching the right waves, that they're territorial about their beach space. Like they're like, mm. if you try to get into their area of like where they're kind of usually known for surfing, they will start beef with you. Yeah. Okay. So it's just one of those words that got kind of, or phrases that got kind of phased out. Like no one even yeah. says grammar Nazi anymore. No, no one uses that. Like that, but that's that's what they are, and like even on like. Like, look at the Wikipedia page, and, like, the two actors that played, like, the Serve Nazis are even credited as Greg and she- uh, Shelly. Uh, oh, shit. All right, then. Like, and it just says on the side, Surf Nazi. <laughs> yeah, that's why when we're looking at the credits, we're like, hey, hold up, what? And, you know, <laughs> we're a bunch of millennials. What the fuck do we know? We see that, and we're like, hold on. My modern-day sensibilities are tingling. What's that now? <laughs> what did you say, young man? <laughs> What word are you just using? Yeah, so... I cannot allow this. <laughs> so yeah, just a little bit of like, hey, what now? Hold on. I, I, I didn't know them enough before they got killed to cast dispersions, but... Well, they stole uh, from a comic book store, <laughs> so they're already the most evil people in existence. My God. That's an American pastime. Come on. Exactly. Have Come you on. never... <laughs> um... They also like, don't, don't do this, man. I go to the comic book store like every two weeks at this point. <laughs> they also kill those those teens that were, I wouldn't even say making out. Um, that guy was really into making out, but that lady was so into that funny comic. Those are the surf Nazis. Oh, okay. I mean, they kill several people. Are they all, everyone they kill a surf Nazi? <laughs> nah, they kill, like, they're... Because uh, what about the, the, the people, like, at the, uh, the, the bonfire? They're also surf. They're not credited in the movie, but I think they're also supposed to be surf Nazis. And oh, then remember, they killed the security guard at the yeah. beginning. So they have a problem with authority and, you know, douchebags. So they're not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go that way. Yeah, just I, I guess everyone in this town's a dickhead. And then there's Grandpa, which I was gonna, I was gonna absolve Grandpa, but like. How we got so many taxidermied animals? Some of those aren't just like woodland creatures, too. Do people send them their animals once they've passed to preserve them? Or is Grandpa yeah. going around getting him some 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 prizes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes and hunts people's dogs and cats. There you go. So that's what happens to uh, Max's uh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I took down the head vampire and I stuffed and his dog. Stuffed his bucket. That's where he. That's where he went. He knew he didn't have a date. Man, that's that's fucking dark. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck, man. I'm just saying he had way too many taxidermied animals. His kitchen was full of them, and in every day that Sam was waking up, there was a new one by his bedside. Which I gotta say, that's a hilarious running gag, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, an old man at that age is allowed to have his hobbies, <laughs> and if it's stuffing the corpses of animals. Someone call nine one one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, 
I do. You know, when, all when you're of... when you're at that age and you already grow weed in your backyard, what else are you supposed to do? Like everyone in this movie's fine, and then there's Star. She's not her acting's not incredible, but whatever. You know, they're all fine. Um, the one I didn't give enough credit the first couple times I watched it was actually Sam. Sam like yes. emotes like crazy, and he does like sarcasm, dry wit, uh, all that stuff really, really well. Even Corey... the whole like. Uh, just like childlike innocence and all that stuff. He's actually really good in this movie. Corey Haim might actually be my favorite actor in this movie for sure. Like he, I, I, I love the moment where uh, Michael try, almost attacks him in the bathroom and the Nook saves him. Yeah. And they both look at the mirror and that's when they notice uh, Michael's uh, reflection is starting to fade yeah. and is see-through. And in my like, I love his reaction because like at that point, most people be like, "Are you like a vampire or something?" But no, Sam, who is already the smart kid, is just like, "You're goddamn creature of the night, Michael. You're shit sucking vampire. <laughs> shit sucking vampire. Like just a me- like the way he explains it, like the way he reacts is so good. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why it gets such a reaction out of me." But just the fact that this kid uses the term creature of the night before even saying vampire is just wildly funny to me. Yeah, it's it's funny. And and they've got a pretty good close relationship. Like, you know, at the beginning, they seem like they're kind of razzing each other, fucking with each other and then having to chase each other around the house. Like, you know, as brothers, I, I th- you know, do. Um, but like, yeah, they get so close and they like, you know, are so like connected to each other that like yeah it seems like a trap when he's floating outside his brother's window and he's like pleading with him to let him in in any other movie you'd be like that's a trap he's gonna get in there and he's gonna eat him but he trusts his brother enough to let him inside and then yeah they're just kind of like freaking out together as they're trying to figure this whole thing out and his trust his brother leads to probably them winning <laughs> yeah no I love that moment where like they're both kind of just holding each other and like Michael's just, like we're gonna figure this out together and, like, Sam never gives up on him. Sam doesn't want to lose his older brother. It is a very yeah. sweet relationship that they have. Yeah. Even though, like, does Michael deserve that? Does Michael deserve that? Yeah, he's an Yeah, he's, he's, like, a nice kid. He's just... And, like, actually, when, at the beginning of the movie, it's kind of... It's kind of insinuated that he's not even that angsty. It's only when he starts, like, turning into a vampire when his mom starts to, like reach out to him because it seems like she's losing his relationship with him and she's like she thinks it's because of the move when it's really because uh turning into a creature of the night mom yeah i mean yeah and it's also like you know once again vampire being vampirism being a stand-in for this and that um and you know his vampire uh tendencies go into lifestyle changes staying up late rebellion all that stuff um, yeah, you know. Meeting a girl. <laughs> and then they just go to fucking town in that lair, which I think was when he, well, I was like, I think that's what, you know, somehow that wasn't also a trap, which I kind of thought it would have been. That seems fucking hilarious, though, because, you know, nothing explicit. You just kind of get the implication of they're going to have sex. And then we fucking play Cry Little Sister as we zoom through the clouds. <laughs> And have little fadeaways showing. Yeah, these two are totally going at it. While also insinuating that the vampires return to the cave and just don't check what's going on. Like, no one, everyone's just like, ah, oh, yeah, Star and Laddie are probably just sleeping. We don't have to worry. And it's just like, 
this could have been your moment. You could you could have just made sure like everything was taken care of. But then you find out they didn't even want to kill Michael to begin with, so never mind. Yeah, but also like, God, I hope Laddie was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real like Tommy Wiseau's the room moment, whereas like, hey, how come the kids still there? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like I only noticed one bed in that in that whole layer. And Laddie was already asleep <laughs> when we got there. I mean, it seems like vampires sleep very heavily. You just move the kid, toss him over to the <laughs> side, you know? She even tells him, like, you could just move him. He'll never wake up. Yeah. Knock on his head and you just hear, like, a hollow coconut noise. He's fine. Man, you have to wonder how old these vampires are. It kind of actually seems that they like, they haven't been vampires for that long. Like, long enough it's- to, like, create a murder problem in that town, but, like... Not long enough to really seem to care about, like, you can tell Max is someone that's been around for a while because he's, like, worked out, like, a really good kind of safety net and has, like, a good background and no one really suspects him, uh, except for the Frog Brothers and Sam. Uh, But the rest of Lieutenant Clara would probably tell you that there's nothing wrong with this Max character, you know? While these, like, goth, like, adult people like straight up like if you would have told me they're vampires i'd be like look there's a chance there's a chance <laughs> you kidding i'd be like just hanging out someone pointed me and like hey look at those guys those are vampires I like those guys yeah those guys are definitely fucking vampires <laughs> now if i pointed to max and be like that dude's a vampire would you have believed me i'm a paranoid person i already think i know a few vampires <laughs> Cass, you're sitting next to one right now. Bella? <laughs> yes, I mean your dog. Not your brother, Nan. Your dog. <laughs> Not my mother's poodle. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I've never man. seen Nan and the son in the same place. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I like to deny all these allegations. <laughs> That's you right, guys man. Suck. Deny, deny, deny. <laughs> yes, guys. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Well, he's never turned my noodles into maggots. <laughs> what about your? Uh, well, no, he would be turning your rice into magnets, into maggots, and your noodles into worms. Come on. <laughs> like the idea of rice into magnets. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? And just put them on the fridge. <laughs> You're supposed to play with them. Cass. Oh man! Imagine put all those magnets on the fridge, and then my mom comes home and is like, "Why is there rice on the fridge?" <laughs> <laughs> just all smashed on there. I was like, "What? <laughs> They're what now?" Uh, <laughs> Each individual grain just smushed on <laughs> to the fridge. Oh man! Ah. <sighs> Kaz, I think it's about time for that final question. Oh, I do have one more thing I would like to throw out there. I never fucking mind! If anyone does watch this movie and you do the drinking game and you're terribly hungover like I might have been, possibly, allegedly, um, one thing you can look at... I I don't know how to find it specifically. I don't know if it's like the original video's been taken down, but what really helped me, because the problem is Keith or Sutherland, the problem is his character saying Michael... Every other sentence, it's the he's the one that makes this drinking game impossible. Um, 
if it helps you like it does to help me, if you just Google him jump drunkenly jumping into a Christmas tree, I don't know. Just, <laughs> it's really funny. And he's tried in, in, in interviews to play it off. Like, he was like, oh, no, it was a part of a bit, whatever. I'm like, this guy was fucking drunk. I forgot what he says. He says some kind of one line, turns around, jumps into a Christmas tree. You see the whole thing just kind of fall over, and then it ends. It's great. Makes me feel better every time. Do yourself a favor. It's going to be like, uh, I'm over here just like, yeah, drink some pickle juice, a little bit of Gatorade. Make sure you eat a little bit of something greasy to kind of soak up some of that alcohol. And, you know, try better next time not to drink too much. (laughs) But you're over here just like, look. Watching make, the man that made you suffer suffer just the yeah. same. Yeah, when you really see him puts, make a like, drunken ass of himself, it helps a li- the sting a little bit. Yeah, it brings the sunshine back into your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a petty man. <laughs> I could not tell. All right, you said you had a question. What's up? I have a question, Kaz. Yeah, what's up? So did you like it? I did. I did. This is, like I said, it's a fun movie. I've only ever seen it as a drinking game, so I couldn't tell you how it stands up to otherwise, but um, <laughs> no matter, I think even despite that, it's just a fun watch. You just watch it. You laugh every time he says Michael. Even if you're not drinking, you're just like, man, that would suck, wouldn't it? Uh, if I were if, if I were you guys. Um, uh, but it's dumb. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's fun, and it's got a great soundtrack. Um, yeah. It's well acted. Or I mean, it's well acted enough. Everyone's fun, charismatic in it. It's just a goofy, cheesy '80s movie. So squaring. Yeah. So did you like it? I do. I do like this movie. I I remember like growing up, my mom would always talk about this movie, and every time I tell her like I still hadn't seen it, she'd be like, "Oh, you just have to see it." And so Kaz was the one that finally got me to sit down and see it, and I did play the drinking game with him, and I have never regretted it. This is a movie that I tell people to like also watch if they've never seen because even if like you don't want to play the drinking game for it, it's just a fun movie. It's a fun vampire movie. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense and it's easy to pick apart. And I'll just let you know, it was wildly different from its original idea too. Like Joel Schumacher is the reason this movie got real sexy real quick. Uh, but it, it's fun. It's just uh, it's a good time, and you know. I'm always going to remember the sax man. We'll always have the sax man. He'll be in my dreams. And every time I close my eyes before bed, I'll think about him. And I'll know I'm safe because the closet monster can't get me with that sexual power going through me. (laughs) (laughs) He's there gyrating in your dreams, pushing all the bad energy away. They're like, I want to approach. I want to approach this this sleeping man, but all that glistening baby oil—it's too bright. I can't even see him. Every time he thrusts, it's a thrust of holy energy from God. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful existence. So, what do you got going on in your life, Kaz? Uh, stream from time to time. What do I do? Sundays. Uh, oh, sorry. You can watch Twitch.tv forward slash Second Respawn. That's number two. The letters N D and the word respawn all together. Said all together. Come on. All okay. Together. That's fine. Whatever. Screw you. <laughs> so Sundays play God of War the Ragnaroks. That's fun. Um I continually am disappointed in boy, but that's I think what I'm supposed to feel. Tuesday we got a very special stream. Wait, yeah, Tuesday. 
We're gonna go back to Baba Is You, where me and Jake are gonna look like the dumbest people to ever walk the earth, because it's a logic puzzle, and we are illogical. Uh, Monday's date night with Bubs, as always, where we're both sharing a controller and playing uh, Resident Evil 4. And then Nan does his Mon Huns on Saturdays. And you can catch his podcast live on Fridays, for the most part, on... 10 o'clock uh, Central Texas time. Yeah, Central oh, yeah. Texas is a thing. Squid! Yeah. What do you got going on in your life? I know, really, just this podcast. Oh, okay. I have been just taking a break from streaming as I redo some stuff, and like I'll get back to it soon. You know, i got some new art, and I've got some things to try out soon, and I'll be doing D&D again soon. It's just right now I've been focusing on myself and really just kind of limiting it to this podcast that has just been a lot of fun. Um, so please, if you like uh, the episodes or if you have a certain episode you enjoy, make sure you share it with a friend that you think might enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is always the best way to get through, and we'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can... I'm, his, I'm his only human interaction. At this point, he kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even that we see each other in person. It's only over Discord. Yep. <laughs> Why won't you care for me, Cass? I send you weird shit. I text you weird things. And it uh, brightens my fucking day. Anyway, you can listen to this podcast every week edited. Uh, thanks to our good friend and editor, uh, at Tucker Wins on Twitter, or uh, twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. Or sometimes he'll stream, sometimes he has t- funny tweets, and he works really hard to make this an actual listenable form of content to take in. And we appreciate it. And it's fun. And it's a great time. Next week, we are going to dive into the world of more kind of action-oriented martial films by uh, checking out the film 13 Assassins. So I'm very, I'm literally looking forward to that because it's one of my favorite movies. Like, one of my favorite foreign movies. Is that the Bruce Willis time travel one? No. No, that's 13 Monkeys. I've never seen that. Okay. I just, you know... I have better things to do. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Final thoughts? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to leave off on? Because honestly, I've just got baby oil on my mind. Oh,